What the fuck was that? Mm. That was just me doing my vocalizations. Oh, I, <laughs> your yeah. vocal warm-ups? Yeah. <laughs> tippy-toe, 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 tippy-toe. It sounded like you hit a bubbler or something. I was like, whoa. You've really yeah, done it. Got gotten back to your grad school days. <laughs> yeah. My seminary days. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine, Mom. I was just trying to have some beatific visions. I'm a mystic now. Yeah, I'm a mystic now. Dude, those <laughs> those monks trip balls, man. Fuck yeah, they do. Fucking, they got like some roots and mushrooms and shit out of the ground and like trip balls. It's all God. Fucking rules. Welcome to the Radio Cure. I'm your host, Nathan Seal, and each week Jeremy Cohn and I talk about new albums and artists in and around the indie music landscape. This week we're talking about Big Thief's new record, Two Hands. One for each record they have put out this year. But this time, Lenker trades in her silkworms and soft voices for a bit of skronk and sleaze. Once again, Big Thief, next on the Radio Care. Hey, Jerry. What's up, buddy? Not much. How are you? I'm good. We're, um, it's it's uh, embedded in Radio Cure lore that our Big Thief episode, the one from earlier this year, is our greatest episode of all time. And I just want to temper some expectations. Yeah. <laughs> Neither of us are physically we're, we're, well. Yeah, our our second go around is not going to be as good as their second go around. No, that absolutely is for sure. not. Zero percent chance. <laughs> so with that out of the way, what, what did you think compared to Ufav? Let's I th- make that comparison first. <laughs> I forgot you were committed to calling it that. Yeah, that's just what it is. Um <laughs> I was glad they got back to the more rock elements a bit because mm-hmm. it's what I liked with this band before. So that was nice to get back to that a little bit. Um, I did really like Ufaf though. What do what, what how do how do you feel about this one? Do you like this one more? I feel my prediction is you like this one more. Well, it's I went back and forth on it. Mm-hmm. Really, okay. I did, I did, and I actually went back and listened to Ufaf. And I do think I like this one better. Now, the fun thing about me is that these are the only two Big Thief albums I have listened to. Right, right. So I don't have like that nostalgia, it seems like you had. So the, the new one sounds more like they're old. Is, so is Ufaf the outlier? Ufaf the is the outlier. Um, not that this one sounds a ton like their old stuff, but it has elements that their old stuff did, like some guitar solos and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Whereas Ufaf was just pure, like, you know, real, like, ethereal shit, like, and, and, very, rock. and very weird, yeah. you know. It was weird. The lyrics, I was so excited to get some silkworm type lyrics. I know where that things was, went that off the great, rails last time. A great part about our last episode is you reciting yeah. the lyrics. Yeah, because they're just so out there. <laughs> uh, but no, these were much more grounded. And um, well, Lina Best Fit mentioned something uh, that she says about her her records here. So I'll just get right into it. Uh, in some ways, Ufaf and Two Hands represent the classic notion of yin and yang. Mm. The former is lighter, airier, spacier, and more restrained than its sister, which is rougher, stronger, and rootsier. It is rootsier, 
which is something they've appreciated about them before. That's why I ultimately, I think, like this album more. Yeah. And so the bands themselves have named them the Celestial Twin and the Earth Twin. There you go. That's some of that silkworm type of shit. (laughs) Yeah. The Earth Twin is rootsy and strong, you know, gives birth in like a bathtub. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Celestial Twins more, you know, C-section probably. But, you know, don't lean on that metaphor too hard. But you know what I mean. I know. know. I've already forgotten it. (laughs) But I I like that because it did did seem to float off, oof off, you know. And it's, you know, got UFO in the men. What was the, what was it? It's. We didn't, I don't think we ever got an answer for that. We speculated. Um, I thought it was unidentified flying object friend. I know. I think that it's is... something weird and not like, oh, well, that's not interesting. I don't think there's an actual, I don't think they've said what it means. I think. Oh, they haven't? I think that was your speculation last episode. Oh, man. I thought I read that. Somewhere. What I, maybe you did. Um, yeah. But yeah, you, that's the one you put forward is that the last F is for friend. And then mm-hmm. I. I presented the idea that maybe it was for fuck, like UFO, fuck, fuck, but it yeah. should have an exclamation point in that case, which it doesn't. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Panic at the disco. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I think I'm always going to like something that's earthbound than something that's heaven bound. Okay. Mostly. Don't you think? Yeah. In the end. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you're right. I think I'm with you. In the end. I want a little. A little I Bruce, like some. Little, I like some tangibility in my life. Yeah, physicality. Mm-hmm. Ufaf was thankfully, rightfully heralded as the third consecutive masterpiece. Pardon the pun. Mm. I don't. Where's the pun? Their second album is called Masterpiece. Ah, there it is. <laughs> nice. That's not a bad pun. You know, they are British. They like a good pun. The line of best fit. Yeah. I didn't realize they were British. I think they are. Mm. I'm like almost 90% sure about that. You no, like a good I'm pun. Almost sure about that, like 90%. Okay. Not almost 90%. That would be weird right. to say. <laughs> like 89%. Yeah. That's just almost. quantify it if you're going to quantify mm. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, so, <laughs> it was like almost 78% there. <laughs> so, like, what, 76? Like, mm-hmm. what? what is almost 78? It's. <laughs> Why not just say the number that you think you are? Why did you say almost? It's a very odd thing. Yeah, you're getting pretty specific already, so Mm -hmm. go all the way. And staggering artistic evolution, which used their beautiful art folk sound as a ladder to the stars. Art folk. That was was Ufaf. It took a ladder to the stars. An art folk ladder to the stars. What do you think an art folk ladder would be? Mm, Probably DIY. Yeah. Um, Got some raffia involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some twigs. I'm curious. I feel like just, like just a few years ago, the the term would have been freak folk, right? What's the difference between freak folk and art folk? I don't know. Maybe art folk is grown up freak folk. Mm, that might be. Like there's like a youthfulness to freak folk and art folk is like, you know, them art folk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know He's one of them art folks. I've I known a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on which side of the yin-yang divide you sit on, 
You may very well come to think of two hands as being an improvement on Ufaf, which is no small feat. Adrian Lenker, who wrote the entire record, produces her best vocal performances here. Now, she, she's pretty much the... Does this every time? Writes and... That's my uh, understanding. I don't know. And then just brings it to the band. Band. And they kind of like church it up a bit. uh, Yeah. (laughs) That I believe so. Um, I don't know that for a fact, though. Okay. Uh, And when you take into consideration that she released a solo album this time last year, the rather lovely Abyss Kiss, you realize what a staggering artist she really is, especially because Two Hands is her third full length album released in 12 months. Yeah, that's quite something. It's like the Tiger Slam. What the fuck is that? Oh, well, the um, that's a golf reference, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's he held all four majors, but he didn't win all four majors in the same year. But right. he he was he held all four majors at one time. Right. Gotcha. It's called the Tiger Slam. Then yes, I think right. it's also a um, an option at IHOP. As well, that's slam. that's where my mind first went. Anytime I hear the <laughs> I word know, slam, I think of breakfast. Yeah. Oh yeah, Denny. Why hasn't right. anyone ever had this tiger slam before? Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic idea. <laughs> it could be like a sponsored deal for him. Yeah, Denny's could sponsor him. <laughs> He's back, right? Like people can Wait, sponsor him again. Yeah, no, but I thought Denny's was kind of racist in the South. Wasn't Denny's the one that like, oh, that was yeah, that was years ago. Some breakfast place got in trouble for being racist. Mm. I can't remember which one, so I don't really want to say. <laughs> right, we don't want to defame any of these breakfast chains. Might be a Shoney's. Could be, oh, Shoney's, that's a deep cut. Yeah, might be a Shoney's. Might be a Village Inn. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Perkins. I don't know. Oh, the I Perkins? think it was Perkins. Yeah. I think it, it was, was Perkins. Perkins. Is that, that Raina Bell? You yeah. know what I'm talking about. I don't know. I've eaten at many a Perkins. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I don't remember the specific instance, but I think it might have been them. Where are we here? Okay, yes. We, Abyss Kiss. Hey, did you listen to Abyss Kiss? I did not. It kind of sounds like Abacus, doesn't it? It sounds like Hibiscus. 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 Like at the tea? Mm-hmm. Or like the fancy herbal tea? Yeah. Mm, hibiscus. <laughs> Abiscus. Abiscus Abascus. I did not listen to that. I honestly was did not know that existed. Well, there it is. I looked it up, but I did not listen to it. Okay. I got on a weird place in Spotify. I'll talk about it later. Okay. Uh, <laughs> her voice, much like that of Angel Olsen, Sharon Van Eaton, and Aljus Harding. I know. Sorry. Has both a modern emotionality, emotionality, emotionality. That sounds like an emo record, doesn't it? It does. Well, emotionalism was a, uh, who did, oh, the Ava Brothers. Yeah, our boys. Modern emotionality. That That's a great name for a record. It is. I don't think it's a band name. Not sure it's a word either. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this guy got a couple of words in here that I... He actually um, misspelled something, and I thought that it was... I was thinking, I was like, is that like a British expression? Mm. <laughs> is that what, what does that mean? Because it's spelled stady, but he, he's meant to write stay. So I was like, what oh, is okay. stady? <laughs> it was an honest-to-God typo. <laughs> it was an honest-to-God typo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
emotionality. He's just just making peas making up words. <laughs> and a classic timeless sensibility. Here she reaches down to her huskiest lows and pushes at her loftiest highs. She gives you a wide range of tunes from which to choose your favorites. See, it's got a U in it. Mm-hmm. That's some British shit. Yeah, they're British. Confirmed. So what did you think of the album as a whole? I liked on it. On the whole. A lot. <laughs> Is it on the whole or as a whole? In uh, a whole? I Down think as a, a whole. whole. On the whole is, that's vaguely uh, dirty, right? <laughs> were you on the whole or were you next to the whole or were you in the hole? No, just on the whole. I don't know if she noticed I was on, just uh, just for like a second and then I... I moved it away, well, but the, I was on the whole. I was totally on the whole, dude. Am I still a virgin? Well, what? Exactly. <laughs> like I'm writing like American Pie Four right now. The thing that comes to mind for me, which is an incredibly timely reference, which is Austin Powers Three, and he has Doctor Evil has a plan that they name Preparation H, and he says, <laughs> "I think Preparation H feels quite good on the whole." <laughs> On the whole, <laughs> I can see him saying it like that. Yeah. On the whole, <laughs> on the whole seems like a good name for a donut shop. Oh, that is a good idea. Huh? Mm. I think we've said this before, but I think we should just do a podcast where we name things. <laughs> yeah, we're very good at it. We are. We could charge people if they actually wanted to use it. That would involve some sort of trademark, probably, which we can't get. But it's fine. It's fine. It's we we'll just start buying up the uh, URLs. Yes, that's what we need. <laughs> Do you think we can get on the hole? Mm. Somebody's got on the hole. Someone's sure. got on the hole. Yeah. I think it's a donut store. I really like this album, though. <laughs> I I did too. Now I said Skronk and Sleaze as as uh, the Sturgill Simpson, but it's yes. not as. Full bore as as that. There's only really a few places. There's one place that it just like it's exactly that, mm. but m- mostly, um, I mean, it comes in real quietly. I really liked the songs that were more kind of like classic folk or folk rock mm-hmm. kind of sounds. And then you didn't get that as much on Ufaf. Ufaf was yeah. much more ethereal. The songs were were like not as like put together as as the the ones I liked on this record. Yeah. In a way I feel like this this album is is more loose though and not as put together. You know what I mean? Yeah, put together is the wrong way. Like the songs that I liked on these were had more of a, a formula to them. Uh-huh. They were like the standard kind of issue song that I could kind of hold on to. Mm-hmm. Now not, that's not the case of all the songs. That's not right. what I'm saying. Right. Uh, I'm saying that there were songs on this record like that, and I didn't really feel like that was the case on uh, Ufaf. Yeah, I, there are songs on here that could be played on like rock radio if that were a real thing anymore. <laughs> the imaginary rock radio. Yeah. <laughs> it's like referencing the blogosphere now. Yeah. <laughs> so the one he starts with is the penultimate track, Replaced, has Lenker pushing out the lyrics as though they were trying to stay inside her head. What does that mean? Um, it's like giving birth to a brain idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> then he says, 
but he's 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 evoking Tom Petty to the point where even her cadence and delivery seems to match his at points. I felt like it was a, like more a little like like a uh, Ray La Montaigne. Mm. More like that kind of like that. That's the push. That I, that's what I feel like is the push. It's when you kind right. of have to grunt into the word. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> just like kind of like is birthed from your bowels. That's what I thought he meant. A poop. So, you know, yeah, yeah. That's the only thing that gets birthed from your bowels. Yeah. You know, it kind of starts slow and then it kind of yeah. like gets into it, you know, and it's like that little part where like once you get past the, there's that like point where your butthole's no, is is now as big as it's going to get, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, it, it's apexed. Yes. Yes. I guess. And then it pops out the rest of the way. Yeah. It's like, it's a, so that, that it's moment a, that's of that, release. Yeah. So it's like slow, slow, slow apex pop. Yeah. It's out. That's uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That ha- I mean, the doctor almost fucking. I told the story about my uh, doctor Jeff almost dropping the baby in the ER when he delivered it while he was a resident. You know, oh, in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, while Sarah was, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm telling anecdotes while Sarah's giving birth. But I was t- I was talking to the. She was kind of cute. And I was, that that doesn't uh, help. I, it's very Indian, like has like beautiful skin, long hair. Anyway, she, you know how those Indians are very like. She was like forty five or something like that. She just has a very youthful look to her. Sure. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I was telling the doctor this right about this anecdote about um, Jeff almost dropping the baby, and uh, when Judah came out, it was that thing. It was like once his shoulders hit, you know, it was just like. He looks like me, right? You know, like past the shoulders, it just like shoom, straight down yeah. like an arrow, you know? Yeah. And so he just flew out. <laughs> Literally flew across the room. Yeah. And it like, it rolled up her, it rolled up her um, forearm. She kind of had to do the little chicken wing, you know, like, whoa. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you just flip your uh, elbow out to catch something as it's going down, like, because you missed it on your hand. And so now it's going up your arm. Yeah, you, you got to cradle that shit. You kind of chicken wing it out there. Mm-hmm. She looks at me. She's like, "Whoa!" I was like, "See, they're slippery." <laughs> <laughs> Tried to warn you. <laughs> I was telling you in an anecdote that could have helped you. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Remember we were waiting between con- those last two contractions. I told that story. Come on. <laughs> like just happened. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep your eyes on the prize. <laughs> Uh, what are we talking about? Oh, the song Replaced. Replaced. That's what we were talking about. Thank you. <laughs> Classic traveling song. I know Hitting that. The road and, and, and that, starting again. That to me is what is like the most like classic folk element to it. Mm-hmm. Lots of like geographic specificity and whatnot. Yeah, this is the one with uh, they start out in Santa Fe and then mm-hmm. they leave that to go somewhere else or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Anytime that you have a. A, a city name in the in like the very beginning of your song. It's like, oh, this is a meal traveling song. Yes, good. Uh, and I love how like that meandering guitar in the back gives it that that twain to shade it over to kind of like the folk country. Oh yeah, side of things. Perfect. Especially when perfect for a traveling song. Oh, absolutely. Especially when you tell the guitarist to go on now. 
Oh my god. Oh, yeah, I have that written down here. Yeah. Love that. And it goes into like that. Come real, get it, Cletus. It's like a super mellow, like smooth little guitar solo. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice moment. Yeah, I like. Like, I mean, it just adds to that kind of that um, mood, that traveling country mood. Like from a recording stat standpoint, it feels like very intimate. Like there, this whole record, I feel like seems like a like a Yankee hotel situation where they mm-hmm. recorded all this shit like live together instead of one part at a time. Yeah, I think they did. They they actually did it like thirty miles outside of Santa Fe at this giant recording studio called Sonic. Now, boom, huh? Hmm. <laughs> It was it was like the famed something okay. something. Uh, yeah, that makes it, sense. I mean, they basically like just went and recorded this right after they recorded the other one. Mm-hmm. And I like that, that. I feel like it comes through throughout the album, and I like that. I like that feeling. Mm-hmm. So do I. So do I. Especially if you're going to make this kind of music, it yeah. just seems real spontaneous. Like the, that spontaneity needs to mm-hmm. be there. Yeah. Yeah, so he says the the guitars are bright, glassy, and sharp, and the rhythm insistent but not forceful. You don't want a forceful rhythm. <laughs> it's, uh, girls are not into the forceful rhythm anymore. You gotta. It's a, it's a crime now. It's, it just it just has to be an insistent rhythm, <laughs> <laughs> not forceful. <laughs> Boy, I went out with this guy last night, and his rhythm was so insistent. <laughs> it's just a nice, insistent. I ins- no, I insist. Not, I insist. Not forceful, but insistent. Just yeah. like you like it. Yeah, please, I insist. You come first. <laughs> <laughs> the forcefulness comes on not. Yes. Which has a more raw emotionality, <laughs> and it kicks like a you mule. You did not I'm use that reading- word twice. Yeah, he did. Oh, oh, yeah, it is up at the top too. God damn it. He actually said uh has a much raw-er emotionality. Oh. And so I, I, I actually changed his grammar for I corrected his grammar for him. Thank you. And put more raw. <laughs> it sounds like a commercial for a wrestling. It's rawer than raw. <laughs> Monday night raw. So raw, it's rawer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the guitars roar and howl, and the drums thunder, and Lenker's voice matches them in their race to the abyss. It culminates in uncharacteristically overwhelming Neil Youngian guitar pyrotechnics, a crescendo of the most aggressive textures Big Thief have ever put to tape. Mm. This one, this song does fucking rule. Very Neil Youngian. Yeah, I felt like that even at the beginning, before it goes into the, before she goes into the psychedelic, yeah, 
Oh no, the pyrotechnic guitar thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's it's a good reminder that like if like me you listen to their older stuff, these guys can make some really badass rock songs. Absolutely, it's it's so much more aggressive and confrontational. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I said if. George Harrison's guitar gently weeps. This is a full-on wailing wall. qualified to write than that guy that you're reading. Is that good? That's yeah. pretty good. George Harrison wrote uh, My Guitar Gently Weeps, sorry. Yes. I got did. that right. You, did, you got that right. I should have Googled it. Yeah. <laughs> you went out on a limb and it worked out. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> I feel like George Harrison's guitar would gently weep. Just like... Yeah. Eric Clapton stole my wife. <laughs> <laughs> His guitar is more concerned about it than he is. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, no, but, but I was a Beatle. It's okay. Uh, it just keeps going, too. I always want more from the end of songs. Yes. Like, when they start rocking them out, and then they just fade them out. And this just keeps going. Yes. And I loved it. It's like a good two minutes. Apparently, uh, a few of these songs are from... Like their live favorites that they just have played live throughout the years. And yeah, which is the they're first. apparently like a remarkable live band, is everything I've heard from reading and from people actually telling me. That's impossible to tell from their actual albums. I, they, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's like, it's, you know, pretty good, pretty screechy, but to think that they would come out and just like blow it out is. Yeah, that's, surprising that's, what, that's what I hear. Yeah. Well, anyway, I can see how this was birthed out of a live kind of thing. Yes. Don't you think? I mean, it, it just feels live, that, especially that last part. It does. I, but, but that's kind of what I was saying about the last one, too, is this whole album kind of does to me, even when it's like real mm. quiet. Yeah. It seems like you're yeah. like there seeing this happen. Yeah. I think that's that's like the earthiness and the rootsiness, you know? It's the roots. Is that... There, there's something highly polished about Ufoth. Mm-hmm. Every little thing is in the right place. But this has a raw-er feeling yeah, to it. Yeah, it's definitely raw-er. Yeah. <laughs> it's the raw-erest, I would say. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Shoulders. Promise classic folk rock, but actually delivers something much closer to Pavement or PJ Harvey with its shaggy, hirsuti. Hire her suit, her suity, her her suity, riffs, and bizarre lyrics about murder. Not technically a murder ballad, no. since she's not the one doing the murdering, right? Right. I think they found. Yeah, that's go a good ahead. question. Does it count? Yeah, they found you in the morning. The blood was on your shoulders. They found you at the corner. Your head was doubled over, and the blood of the man who's killing our mother with his hands is in me. It's in me in my veins. So obviously. Her dad killed her mom. 
in this story, not obviously. Correct. I don't know if it's true about Link or probably not. Sure. It's art, people. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Um, it's art, Geraldo. <laughs> don't take it seriously. <laughs> oh, he won't come after her. She's not black, though, huh? Yeah, exactly. Though, She's fine. Yeah, that's good. She's fine. She's good. <laughs> does, does she not look like Johnny Greenwood to you? Yeah, she kind of does. A little bit? Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. That had not occurred to me before. This song, especially because of where it comes in the album, it's before not. This was like, this one was like the first time I was like, oh yeah, they do make really good rock songs. This one I would say is the closest to the like kind of creepy vibes of Ufaf though. Mm. Like it's, it's, it doesn't ever it's like... pretty murdery and... I don't know. It comes off as like kind of creepy to me, and the, and there's some like kind of morbid shit in here. Yeah, it's a fucked up song. I mean, if you if you follow the lyrics, it has a a more narrative feel to it. Yeah, but it still is like very pretty, which I really like that combo. Yeah, it definitely has those. The thing I like about it is that it does have that '90s indie feel. Mm-hmm. With like the grungy guitars that kind of dominate, but then there's that like the, like little lick in and amongst the kind of the grunginess. Yeah, yeah. We can hear like that one kind of little four or five note guitar mm-hmm. solo playing over and over again. That, that really reminds me of like pavement shit and stuff where most people were just kind of strumming and grunge. Yeah. And then you'd get these little kind of flourishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's- it's nice to hear from them, and it goes like really well with her vocals. And they get like when the song like climaxes, her vocals are so raw, raw, I'm trying to think of a new word. Rara. <laughs> they're straight. They're desperate. That's what I said. They are. On, they are uh, very desperate. Yeah. Like in a way that's like to it. very believable. I think it's like very affecting. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't. It's not. It's not a put on desperation. Yeah, it seems Imagine. extremely authentic. Absolutely. I mean, it's like you're disgusted somehow because you're yeah. related to this person. This person, you have genes of this person. Could you be like this person perhaps? Is that is that in you like it's in him? Yeah, yeah. To kill somebody you love? Yeah. This is just is a, that a possibility for you now? Like, do you have to think about that? Like if he had gotten cancer, you'd be like, oh shit, I might get cancer. Yeah. But, oh, he got murdered. He got... <laughs> he killed somebody. He's he, like, oh, he, am I going to kill somebody? He done a murder. He done a murder, yeah. <laughs> he got the murderer in him. So, yeah, it's important to know, though, that Shoulders is in front of Knot, even though I've, I'm mm-hmm. doing it in the order he was talking about him. Yeah, I really like the pairing of those two songs right together, especially since uh, we're, we're going to talk about one more song that comes before it, but... Generally, before these two, it's still pretty quiet, pretty low-key stuff. Yes, absolutely. So it comes in low-key, I think, with Rock and Shine or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and 
And then Forgotten Eyes, the last one, is is number two. And that's just kind of like a I mean, that's just a great single. It's the second it's a single great off single. of it. Yeah. But it's it sounds so and I don't re um this <laughs> this is the deep dive I did, but he says Forgotten Eyes return to the rough edge country rock, but with unfortunate melodic callbacks to sixpence none the richers kiss ah. me. Ah. Particularly disgusting if you've ever been unfortunate to hear Newfound Glory's version. Oh dear. And I don't hear that at all. I went back and listened to Kiss Me. That would not I could hear Kiss Me in my head perfectly because I've heard that song yeah. ten million times. I don't see yeah. that. Do you want to guess how many times it's been played on Spotify? Um it's gotta be hmm. Let's see. I would guess uh I'm gonna go with thirteen million times. 264 million times. Oh, I was a little off. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. <laughs> well, the funny thing is the song plays like three times in the song. It's like one 30 second yeah. thing. It just plays over and over again. Was that in, um, so I married an ex murderer. Oh, it's no, that is not be. Can I think it, it 97? is seven. I think it might be. Okay. It's in something. It's in something. That it just like blew up after that. Oh boy. Yeah. That's a fantastic song. The the cover is hilarious. The new family. Do you remember like yeah, do you remember that early aughts uh like Cali and Florida punk that was covering all kinds of stuff? I do. I don't know if I've ever heard that cover though. Uh, it's hilarious. I'll play it at the end of this. Oh, thank episode you. Yes. A little bit. It's <laughs> that shit. This is the thing that I was thinking when I, cause I went back and listened to that too. And this is the thing I was thinking when I listened to that, I was like, this might be the test of whether a song is fucking stupid or not. Cause sometimes mm. songs are so memorable and fun that you can't hear how stupid they are. Right. But if you get a punk band to cover it, mm-hmm. an emo punk band to cover it, you can really hear how dumb a fucking song is. Mm, that's an interesting idea. <laughs> I feel like maybe if you did like an acoustic cover, it could reveal some secrets too. That's true. But there's something about that. Cause like, um, do you remember less than Jake? Yes. They did a lot of covers <laughs> of a lot of like, uh, like eighties hits mm. and, um, all kinds of stuff. You're like, damn, that was a dumb fucking song. You didn't really realize how dumb fucking that song was. (laughs) (laughs) Until Newfound Glory sang it. (laughs) They showed us the light. They had had one good record. (laughs) I'll take your word for it. Yeah. It's a Newfound Glory, too. I think you need the article in there. No, it's not. I think it is a newfound no, glory. It's defi- it definitely starts with new. Okay. I'll take your word for it. You are the emo uh, expert on I this am. podcast. I'm searching <laughs> it right now. <laughs> <laughs> but this is classic folk, you know, for the NPR listening uh, professional Democrats in the world. You know? <laughs> it's got like, it's got like benefit concert written all over it. Uh, 
they say that, or she says that this song is about homelessness and the unheard voices oh. that exist. And, you know, the wound that has no direction. Everybody needs a home and deserves protection. Mm-hmm. There's an actual, there's an actual literal mm-hmm in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I thought you were adding that. No, I wasn't. It was just a mm-hmm. It's in the lyrics. At least it was on Genius. Well, Genius But you know what I mean? It's like, I love the lyrics. I love the, the, the sound of it, but I feel so white when I listen to it. Because it's just like, but have you thought about, like, you had your Starbucks there, but have you thought about the homeless people? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. There. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like, oh man, when I listen to a song, I think about the homeless people and I am sad for a little bit. And, and then and then I can just go on with my life thinking I'm a good person for thinking of the homeless people. Yeah, that's... <laughs> well, really hopefully that's what li- people don't, not what people take from it, but I, I get no, I'm thinking. No, I'm talking about the listeners of this music, not the actual band. Yeah, yeah. But this is, this is I mean, Big Thief is, is totally that professional democrat you know that person that makes over six figures is comfortable but wants to be woke i i don't think they are i think maybe those types of people will get into them no that's the list yes that's yes that's what i'm saying the listener base yeah i think it's unfortunate to them it's like when what's your face didn't want white people listening to her record who solange no a long time ago oh fuck the miseducation of oh um, Lauren Hill, yeah right right, Hill. right 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 thank right, you right, right. I got you. <laughs> it's not your fault. <clears throat> yeah, big thief. Yeah, because I feel like they, based purely on like their aesthetics and the music they make and whatnot, they're probably like in their real lives like Bushwick, like thoughtful hipster types. Yeah, yeah. Uber social democrats, like Chapo Trapo style. Yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. And I'm sure they have some sort of critique of capitalism. Yes. <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. But no, I mean, their fans have closets full of beloved white shirts. <laughs> That's a very nice reference. Thank you. Forgotten Tongue. Is the language of love. I like that. Don't forget about the ton, Jerry. <laughs> when you're doing, when you're, when you're speaking your language of lung, love, don't forget about the tongue. Oh, I don't. Do you do the swirl at the end? <laughs> and a twist. <laughs> and a twist. <laughs> this is that. I think Forgotten Eyes is, is my favorite one and the one that will get on <laughs> playlists and things like that. Yeah, it's, I think it is the most playlist ready. Um, mm-hmm. Which I guess is the same way of saying that it's that it's a single, even though that's not a real thing anymore either. Not was the first single. I know. Wh- which one? There was a, there was another one that was played. Oh, shoulders. Shoulders was the other. Um, when they've been playing live for a long time. Yeah, live song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah forgotten eyes is new. There's yeah, a good. There's a great. really good. Fuck, I'm forgetting. I think it's shoulders. There's like a really good live video where her guitar goes out. I read this in the Pitchfork review. Anyway, look it up. (laughs) (laughs) 
What happens? Not now. Does she does she say something clever? No, she just does, does the she just keeps happens? singing. She yeah. like takes the guitar off and just grabs the mic and just sings. And the and the other people in the band like don't try and fill in her parts at all and it actually ends mm-hmm. up being really cool sounding. On the song or just in general? On the, on the song. song. On the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, her voice is the melody. I yes. mean, it's the same. She's following the melody with her voice. Yeah. As people tend to do. As, pe- <laughs> as you'll want to do. <laughs> it's a true story, Jared. <laughs> yeah, that was a dumb fucking thing to say. <laughs> The thing about Big Thief is that I enjoy listening to their music, but it's over my head, so I can't talk about it, really. Yeah, that's fair. I get that. That's ultimately why I decided I needed to drink. Because I was like, I don't know. I'm dumb. I like it, but it's stupid. I probably like it for the wrong reasons. (laughs) I do. I hope I like it for the wrong reasons. (laughs) I don't know what kind of person I would be if I liked it for the right reasons. (laughs) Don't know if I like that version of me. <laughs> to, to be completely woke about Big Thief. I don't. I just don't want like. I don't want. I un- don't want woke Nate in my life. I know it just makes me uncomfortable sometimes because I'm thinking like Big Thief is so up my alley. Right. It's it's almost like I should stay away from it, <laughs> so, that, so that maybe I can keep a modicum of of self identity, right? So I'm not completely, mm-hmm. you know, the professional Democrat that I hate, right? <laughs> <laughs> really making fun of myself. Uh, That's fair. Uh, I'm not very professional, right? You would have to work on that part of it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I think you're much of a Democrat either. <laughs> well, I am just because by default. No, I I know that's a, the same reason I am. <laughs> yeah, just like because I don't want to be associated as a Republican. That's yeah, we can't have that. Down. And it's just like when people say no, I, I don't subscribe to either party so i'm just like well what are you gonna do yeah no you you like you should be a democrat everyone should but (laughs) (laughs) oh go bernie go bernie feel the burn feel the burn one more time he had a heart attack i know poor bernie good and then he okay he had just like a monumentally awesome rally apparently in queens i'm pissed i didn't go yeah AOC. AOC killed the big it. AOC apparently. endorsement. Love AOC. Love AOC. She's a bartender. Yeah, she rules. It's fucking crazy. Cause you know, people in their mid twenties talk shit about what they're gonna do in yeah. their life all the time. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. This is like what people in their mid-twenties do. Yeah. <laughs> and so for one of them to actually come through on it, that's fucking pretty cool. Yeah, fucking killed it. Because, you know, 
Nobody does. Like, nobody does that. No. It's weird. No, it's actually quite amazing. Being weird, AOC. <laughs> Do you love the glasses? I feel like she's a superhero or something. Oh, yeah. You know? Because anyone, anytime you see somebody that hot in glasses like that, you're like, you obviously are Wonder Woman or something. Yeah, you have superpowers for sure. Like, nobody's going to buy somebody that good looking with that dorky of glasses. <laughs> like, you're covering up your superhero-ness, obviously. <laughs> have you not seen a movie in the last 10 years? Like, you can, you can pick this shit out. Yeah, we know. We're aware. <laughs> Just want to know what her superpower is, though. What is she? Uh, it's a good question. A something someone that was in their mid twenties and actually did what they said they were going to do. That is a superpower, that is a isn't superpower. it? <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to read the outro at some point? This seems like shit we'd usually do after that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think it's. I think that does it for us this time. Tell us what you think of Two Hands by leaving us a review in iTunes. While you're there, subscribe for weekly-ish po- episodes, podcasts. Till next time, I've been Nathan Seal. With me was Jeremy Cohen. Thanks for listening to the Radio Care. <laughs> <laughs>